everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. As Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. How's that to start things off? Oh, I'm thinking about that this morning today because I'm going to start journaling today. Doing it. I heard someone talking about it not too long ago, and I've never kept a diary. I've never kept a journal, but there has been things that have happened in my life that I really want to reflect on and look back on and remember details. So I was just digging some stuff up because I do. I think life moves so fast. This past month went super fast. And sometimes I forget why I felt the way I felt about something. Were there specific things that occurred or specific things that were said that if I would have wrote them down, I would have remembered? We actually talked about it on the show this morning, the morning show, and we got so many great calls of people that have been journaling for years and how it's helped them. And there's so many health benefits. I actually started Googling it and looking it up. And there's a lot of uh, truth to it being a a stress reliever, just a mind dump, I call it. And uh, just the time to self-reflect, boost your memory, and it inspires creativity for so many people. So I'm actually going to try to find someone to be on the podcast here to talk about journaling, who's really good at it, to give us some good tips, because I think this could be so great for the new year. So that was Ferris Bueller, the quote to start us off today. I love that movie. So I'm excited to share with you. The guest today, author, speaker, Emmy Award-nominated journalist, Andrea Vecchio. I've known Andrea for years, and she's always been such a light. She's so wonderfully nice. But this was the first time I actually sat down, and we had a long discussion, and it was so wonderful. She is a TED Talk speaker. When it was in Cleveland a few years ago, she was able to give a TED Talk Uh, Emmy-nominated journalist, interviewer. She's a published author. She spent almost two decades um, of her career as a television broadcaster working at the ABC and NBC affiliates here in Cleveland, Ohio. She's traveled the world interviewing many of Hollywood's elite. She's interviewed Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington, Reese Witherspoon. I could go on and on. Um, She's really had such a wonderful career. And now she is the CEO of her own media company, Pisces Rising Media. So excited to sit here and let you hear a little bit of why I love Andrea so much. She has so many wonderful things and insights, and I think you're going to love it. You can find out more about Andrea on her website and connect with her on social media. It's andreavecchio.com. Well, Andrea, I am so excited to talk with you today. You know, this is actually the first time you and I have sat down and really had a big conversation. But the funny part is, I feel like I've known you forever. I feel like I've been your friend forever because you just have that personality when you know you. Mm. You're like, I'm your friend. 
Yes, I felt that way for us as soon as we met and had a conversation. There are some people, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will get this, like when you meet them, you just have a total soul connection with them. And then there are some people, you meet them and you go, I like you. And that was really nice. It was was good to spend those five minutes with you. And then, you know, they come into your life for that moment and then they leave. And then there are others that kind of imprint on you. And so I think what happens for you and I, um, we have, we're like-minded and we're searching and wanting to discover some of the same things in life. And so that's why we connect so much. It is true. And when it, when I first met you, I remember when you we first somehow got to talking about your Bounce Back podcast that you have, um, which you can search and listen to Andrea's Bounce Back podcast. And you were talking about your story a little bit. And you only gave me a little nugget. And that's, I was like, oh, my goodness. And that was the first time I really like had a discussion with you. And I was like, I can learn so much from this this girl. You could just tell you have a wealth of knowledge on a variety of things in life. So I'm really anxious for everyone to get to know you in that aspect as well and connect with you because you really do have such a good perspective. And you've done TED Talk now. Oh, Add that yeah. to your list. Yeah, that was exciting. That was like a bucket list for me. And then it became a part of my life purpose. The message in the TED Talk, mm. I think, was a a big piece of my life purpose. It was, it was a gift for me. And then it just, if it was a gift to anybody else who listened, I think that just became the bonus. So um, when, because you'd mentioned just this whole concept of the bounce back Mm -hmm. and then even the Ted talk, I think when we go through struggles in life and we learn something like that big aha moment, or maybe even bigger than that, I believe we it's we must pass it on. Mm. We have to share that knowledge to mm. help other people. So I think sometimes when you're going through that junk in life, and we all do. I mean, first of all, it's been a really difficult year for so many people. But set aside this past year, life happens, right? Relationships, breakups, divorces, health scares, job loss, Mm -hmm. death. Um, There are people who sometimes they hit a place where they either feel broken or they just feel lost. Like that moment, I remember having it where I looked at myself in the mirror and from everyone else's perspective, because I'd been on television, it was like, oh, this girl has everything, right? She's meeting celebrities and she drives fun cars and she's on television. You were in an Avengers movie? <laughs> I was in an Avengers movie. <laughs> this is the truth. I mean, my I, my name is in the credits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you would miss me if you saw it on screen, but I, I still get royalty checks from that. That's so which cool. Is crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Um, but that all seems very glamorous. And so people think, oh, wow, she's riding high. And trust me, those were all gifts. They were wonderful and, and blessings. But there's always something else going on below the surface. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I hit my bottom and I felt broken, I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, I don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. And so there was a time where I thought I just want to wish away all this bad stuff that happened and 
just to give some perspective for your listeners who who might not know, and I, it's a, such a long story, so I won't get into all the details of it, but I had reached this point. I was 36 years old, and I lost my job, and it was public. I thought I was going to get married and have children. I was in a relationship, and that relationship ended and I had a lump on my back the size of my fist next to my spine, and I didn't know what it was. Mm. And all that stuff happened at the same time. So it wasn't really spread out over a year or five years. It was just like week oh. one, week two, week three, boom, boom, boom. And so I felt broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know about the the lump on your back. I didn't realize all, and I guess I didn't realize about the relationship, all of that happened at the same time. So- Let's make sure everyone realizes you, at that point in your life, you were 36, mm-hmm. you were on TV. Yes. You know, I still remember you on the cover of Cleveland Magazine. Oh, yeah. Like, I love Andra and everyone loves you. And I, you know, you're right. You are you were interviewing stars and doing all these cool things and it all comes to an end. It all comes to an end. And honestly... Um, it's sweet when you go, everyone loves you. I didn't, I felt like there were so many who didn't like suddenly I felt like I was just this walking, like, Oh, there she goes. Nobody really liked her. Oh, that's the girl that lost her job. Oh, Mm. you know, she's a snot. Oh, she wasn't talented. Right. You suddenly feel you have all these labels that you want to carry. Um, and I think this especially happens to women where, People put labels on us and we carry them and then we put some on ourselves and none of them are true, but we still wear them. And so in that moment of such loss where I think like life is grand and, you know, I'm riding high and then I hit bottom and I just I wanted to hide. Right. I was just I'm living in my trendy, cool apartment at Crocker Park in Westlake, <laughs> Ohio. And I'm in fetal position under the windowsill thinking to myself, I have no job. I have no husband. I have no children. I might die. I have nothing. That's oh. what I said to myself. I have nothing. But what I didn't realize was that I had so much. I just sometimes we have those blinders on. Right. But it's when we are at the bottom, I realized you have two choices. You either stay there or you fight Mm -hmm. and you get back up and you bounce back and you rise again. And that's the most beautiful thing about the human spirit is that it has the ability to bounce back. Like we Mm. all have it within us wherever we are and whatever we're going through. And you feel such loss and you think, how am I? I feel such pain right now. There's no way to get out of it. But there is. You have the control. You get to choose. Am I quitting or am I fighting? And am I going to bounce back? Oh, that's so that's so good. And I know you're probably thinking, or I'm even thinking, because I've been going through a lot of different things in my life with health issues. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Like, how do you how do you bounce back when all of these things are happening? It's one thing to think it, because you know, I have people say, "Well, if you just have faith, just have faith," and I do have faith, but sometimes it's it's hard. So what? How is that? How you apply that? Yes, and faith is a beautiful thing, and I have so much faith in my life. I've I learned to have more going through the process. I think sometimes when you're really hurting, 
the faith piece becomes a little cloudy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when somebody says, oh, it'll get better. Oh, just have faith. Oh, it's all in God's hands. Oh, things happen for a reason. I Listen, I get it. Sometimes we're human. We still think, okay, well, that's not helping me. Right. <laughs> okay, so what next? Right. Yeah, that, that sounds really great from where you're sitting, but yes. I don't feel that way. So um, I can tell you some of the concrete things that worked for me when I, when I felt like yeah. everything bottomed out. Um, well, one was really just making the decision that I'm either going to lay here on my back and do nothing and not get out of bed or I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I think it's really important that we remember we're human and we give ourselves love and grace. And knowing that when you aren't feeling positive or when you're feeling low and you're feeling hurt and sad, you get to feel that. Like, that's okay. Mm. It doesn't have to be like you went through something difficult in 24 hours. You're going to go, all right, yeah, I'm good. Like, I just bounced back. Everything's great again. That's not real. So let's just approach this when you're going through a bounce back in a very real human way and to be loving and kind to ourselves. And so the way that I was loving and kind to myself, I remember my mom saying to me, just try to do one thing tomorrow. Because when it bottomed Mm. out, I didn't want to do anything. And so I thought, okay, I can do one thing tomorrow. I can go for a little stroll around the neighborhood. I'm going to put on my walking shoes and I'm just going to walk. And maybe it's going to be fast and maybe it's going to be slow and maybe I'm going to go 500 feet. Maybe if I'm feeling really strong, it's going to be a mile and a half today. And then maybe I'd surprise myself and go three. Um, But that's then when I, I feel like as a human being, the closest I get to God is when I'm out in nature. Like I think Mother Nature gives us everything we need that she's so healing. Mm -hmm. And so I found that when I got up out of bed and started walking on her earth, right, like grounding myself that way and putting in my headphones and listening to music, and sometimes it was music that I never thought I would like because it (laughs) sounded really angry, but I was feeling angry, and so it was matching my mood. And sometimes it was music that would make me cry, and it helped me purge some of those emotions. And sometimes it was something that would just make me smile. And sometimes I didn't listen to anything but the wind. But I just got moving. And so there's something um, symbolic about steps moving forward, right? Like just being active. And we don't realize then how good it is for us. I mean, just mind, body, spirit, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. physically, when you move, you release endorphins. And when you release endorphins, those are stress busters. So that... I found that those walks, whether they were 30 minutes or 60 minutes, were my opportunity to um, just have a little peace in my life, maybe take a break from the struggles I was going through. I definitely had conversations with God during that time, like, give me signs. What's next? Or um, can you just... Like, hug me a little bit because this is how I'm feeling right now. Like, is it okay that I'm feeling sad and and how am I going to get out of this? So I think that movement is really important. Um, I also believe that when we struggle, there are one of two people. We either isolate ourselves, 
which can be a bad thing because when you isolate yourself, then like there's no way for anybody to reach you in a loving way. Yeah. Or we become oversharers and we talk to anybody who will listen, right? <laughs> like, let me tell you all it's like my one problems. one way or the other? Yes. I tended to be an oversharer. <laughs> <laughs> and so because I thought, well, I am going to share and if you were sharing with me, I would keep it private. So I thought everybody else would do the same for me. And that wasn't the truth. <laughs> oh, no. So I found that what I needed to do during that time was to pull things in a little bit tighter. Mm. And so um, to really think about the people who I trusted and who loved me. For me, I'm so blessed because I have amazing parents and amazing family. So that was – I had that and maybe – maybe one or two girlfriends, right? So I pulled yeah. it in really, really tight to try to stop the oversharing. Yeah. I um I I was born and raised Catholic and really got away had gotten away from my faith. Like I would have said, oh I'm Catholic, but yeah. I wasn't going to church regularly. And so I got back into doing that. And sometimes um I was bored. Like I'm like, I'm not even getting anything out of this. But I still felt that the commitment to go mm. and to be in the presence of God was important. And eventually the messages started coming. But I think just that commitment to doing something positive for myself and my faith was really important. I also think we have to remember when you're going through some kind of a bounce back, what we put in is what we put out. If you put garbage into your body, you're going to put garbage out. If you put good stuff in, you're going to put good things out. So think about how you're feeding your body too, right? So sometimes you say, okay, like you get a pass. Like you're sitting in your misery and you want to pull out the Ben and Jerry's or for me, it would have been a huge bag of potato chips. Okay, <laughs> like again, we're human. Be easy and kind to yourself if it tastes good in that moment. But really, if you start feeding yourself with good food and um, just good substance and sustenance, <laughs> um, that you'll you'll realize and you'll see the difference that will happen with yourself physically. So those are some like concrete things, yeah. simple things that I think you can start doing. Movement, uh, commitment, some things that are commit to something that's good for you. So for me, it was faith, my faith, um, and just practicing that and being in the presence of strong messaging, um, paying attention to who you surround yourself with. Um, if you're around people who don't feel good to you, they gossip mm -hmm. or they speak negatively or they're always whining or always complaining, that is not going to be, that's not a positive thing for you to be around. So really assess the people you're around. And then what was the other thing? Oh, like just feed yourself. Well. Yeah. Is that what I said? Yeah. yeah. Here's another one. Yeah. Here's another thing that I think is really important. Um, and, oh, I just lost my thought. See, is this is, is this where you do editing? I see this is going to be clean. <laughs> like there's so much going on. Like I just lost my thought there. No, that's um, good. This is all good stuff. I know. <laughs> I'm like, because I think it's like I have this constant stream of consciousness yeah. to think of things that we can do that are good for ourselves. I'm going to, let me think about that. There was one that came to me and then is I got Is it they keep moving distracted. forward? No, it's something better than that. It's something bigger than that. Um, and I just lost my thoughts. So we're going to have to come back to it. Okay. We'll <laughs> come back to it. But those are all good. And I love like keep moving forward it was something you said in there. And that just always, I actually just bought a t-shirt that says keep moving forward. I don't know why I watched keep the, uh, 
uh, what is the some Disney movie, something with the Robinsons. I can't remember. But the whole theme of the movie is like when bad things happen, just keep moving forward. Yeah. Just keep moving forward. For whatever reason, I watched it with my daughter years ago, and that is always stuck in my head. This whole idea of this too shall pass. I have a girlfriend that every time I start getting down about some things that are going on in my life, she's like, Sarah, this is just a season in your life. And she like sent me this big, long story about a really bad season in her life and how, you know, that's gone. And when I look back, you're right. I've been through some really bad seasons in life and this too shall pass. It's, mm-hmm. it's always gotten better, but it's really, really hard when you said it, like you're in the thick of things. It's somehow so hard. We get blinded and we forget about all of those things. Well, we want to wish it away because nobody likes to feel bad and nobody likes to feel pain. And so we just want it to end. But I think if you can, you will reach a point, and this is when you've truly healed, when you can look back on the painful things that you went through and be grateful for them. Mm. I can look back on every terrible, painful horrible thing that happened and I see now why it did happen and I'm grateful because it gave me knowledge it helped me help other people and so I think that's such a beautiful gift as human beings right like when we can help someone else and change someone else's life it um it gave me more substance and texture and depth to my life I think prior to that like until you've experienced pain yeah you know, it's that's when the good stuff that's when the it seems like it's the bad stuff, but it's actually when the good stuff happens because that's when the work has to happen. Ugh. When we're coasting through life and everything's great. So think of when something really amazing is happening in your life. You're just enjoying it, but you're not having to work at it. It's just happening. It's yeah. this great blessing, right? But when we go through something that's a struggle, that's when the good stuff happens. That's when the lessons are learned. That's when we become a stronger, wiser, more well-rounded human spiritual being. You're so right. It just reminded me of a verse in Isaiah where I'm not going to remember it because I can't look it up right now. But it, it um, and Isaiah says, I won't allow any pain unless something else is reborn. It's something mm-hmm. along those lines. And it's so true. When God causes pain, something else is always reborn. Yes. And that is so, so true. We go through, if if we're growing, then we should be going through constant rebirths in our yes. lives. Because there are certain traits that all human beings need. This is something I remember Tony Robbins. I used to listen to him a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. Len did say. too. Len yes. always talks about Tony Loved, Robbins. I, oh, when I was going through myself, I was listening to Tony Robbins all the time. And there are six uh, basic human characteristics that he says all, we all need. And that's the need for certainty uncertainty, significance, love and or connection, because sometimes people struggle with um, the love part part of it. Um, The give back, which is really important too, like the giving. Uh And sometimes that comes a little bit later. Um, Oh, and I remember what I wanted to say, the, what I had forgotten. Yeah. This is really, this is important when you're going through your bounce back. You have to take a self-assessment. You have to take a look at what did I do to contribute to where I am? Mm. Often when we struggle, we want to place the blame, right? Like, oh, I had a horrible boss. Um, Oh, it was an unhealthy environment anyway. Oh, you know what? My ex was such a 
jerk and they drank too much or whatever. You know, we we want to place a lot of blame and labels on everyone else. But at some point, you have to look at yourself and go, what did I do to contribute to where I am? This is an, an this is to improve yourself so that you recognize the next time you are in an environment that doesn't feel healthy to you, you don't stay or a relationship that isn't healthy, you don't stay. But at some point, we have to take accountability because if we're always blaming everyone else, then we're just just going to find ourselves in the same situations oh, time and time like again. A hamster in a wheel, just going yes. over and over and yes. over again. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of it that way, but that's a really, really good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good piece. I don't know. It's just coming to me now as I'm processing that. Whether, you know, it's, it could be a job loss. It could be, it doesn't have to be this, and that's a traumatic event. But all these different things that bad that happened in your life, taking time to do that self-assessment. Sometimes it's hard for us to take feedback. Mm, yes. And mm-hmm. let alone from other people, but like doing it to yourself, that, ca- that can be a whole different story. But And you have to do it in a loving way. Yes. So not in a mean way. We we have to remember to be loving to ourselves and give ourselves grace, knowing that we make mistakes. We're not going to get it right. We're not going to be perfect. And anyone who expects us to be was setting us up for failure. And we're certainly setting ourselves up for failure if we expect that from ourselves. Yeah. I know God does not expect that from us to be perfect. We try our best. And then when we fail, we learn from that failure and we work to improve the next time around. And sometimes we might not get it right the next time around. We're human. We probably aren't ever going to fully get it right. right. We are a constant work in progress. But if we're always trying and we're making choices coming from a loving place. So if you know in your heart you did and said something out of an act of love or from a good place, then you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, that's so good. You've probably read these books, but years ago, the Stephen Covey books that were so um, popular, The Emotional Intelligence. Do you know I've never read them? <gasps> I know. I've never read them. They're so good. What okay. you're saying right now is is all of that. I read them years ago when I first started um, off in my career, and I would recommend them to anyone. There's Working with Emotional Intelligence, and then there's just his regular emotional intelligence book, you're finding your EQ, that versus your IQ. You know, we can be really smart and intelligent, but if we're not aware of the people around us, how we're viewed, how we're, you know, all of that, it goes deep in depth. And it was a really good exercise. And I think I'm I'm grateful. And I still look good at all right. Don't get me wrong. But I think, at you know, at an early age, it was good to not only think about like, okay, I got to be really smart. I got to be really book smart and learn this and learn that. Like, I need to be aware of my surroundings mm-hmm. as well. So it's a, it's a really good book. That is, I love that idea and that word awareness. I think sometimes we don't pay attention to our own self-awareness and what our own instincts are telling us. Like if you're very connected to your body and you work to be connected to your body, if something doesn't feel right, it's that whole like our that gut instinct is really our brain's way of giving us a fact that we can't see with our eyes, yeah. but our instinct knows to be true. So 
I think that like if you're around somebody and they're talking and it just doesn't you feel disconnected or it doesn't feel good being around them or you start to get a stomach ache or you start to get a headache. Yeah. It's probably because there's something negative coming from them that mm-hmm. just does not work within your atmosphere. Right. Like it just does not complement your body, mm-hmm. uh, mind, body, spirit at all. So do your best just to not spend your time with someone like right. that. Boundaries. Right. <laughs> It's like when you sometimes it's a family member. Mm-hmm. It sometimes is. And so I know that can get a little trickier, but sometimes we have we we often have to have a boundary yeah. with a family member. Yeah. We can love them yes. and we can want good things for them, but that doesn't mean that we need to be spending all of our time with them. Yeah, I agree 100%. Now you said something a little bit ago when you were talking about affirmations and the things we tell ourselves, and you were going into, you know, what goes into our bodies is what comes out. You know, I th- I've, I've talked about this on the podcast several times, and I'm a big believer, I know you are too, about doing things the most natural way for mm. our body, like the foods I eat, and I, they were really contributing to a lot of health issues for me, so I eat a very clean diet, all that good stuff. But it's also not just about the food we eat, it's about... The, the things we, we tell ourselves mm, yes. and, you know, what we tell our mind um, each day. I took my daughter. So I have a 10-year-old daughter and I actually have a 20-year-old daughter. So so 10-year <laughs> age gap. But my 10-year-old, we did this event last weekend and it was really geared towards um, positive body image, mm, positive ref- self-reflection, digging into God's word. It was called True Girl. It was amazing. It was a really good event. Um, and one of the things they talked about, which I'm glad at an early age, is like we put these labels on ourselves, like I'm fat or I'm ugly or, you know, yes. all that kind of stuff. And it opened up a conversation because then they had like mother-daughter conversation time. And um, they asked my daughter, like, you know, do you put any labels on yourself? You know, let's talk about that. And, you know, she didn't really have a lot because I think she's only 10. But she, but what she did was she's like, but you do, mom. And she, she said that you put labels on yourself. Yes. Mm, interesting. Was, they are like sponges. They See, are. It's really important what we say about ourselves in front of our yes. daughters and young girls. And I know this, but I mm-hmm. still do it. Why do I do that? And she's like, mom, you always say you're fat. You always do that. And I hate it. I don't like it when you do that. Wow. You've got to stop doing it. And she was like hard on me about it. <sighs> and it was incredible. one of those like aha moments. And I'm like, yeah, why do I do that to myself? Like, And I'm sure I do it in other ways too. Like, I'm just curious. Like, do you have any, like, you gave us some good fundamental things of how you bounced back and, you know, like one day at a time and keep moving forward, the self-assessment. But, or <sighs> What practical things can we do to change the things we say about ourselves to be more positive? Or I don't know. Like I was like, should I just start putting sticky notes everywhere to just start off with? You <laughs> yeah. know, like I, you know, so yes. every like I pull down. I was thinking I'm going to put one in my visor. So you know, I just see these positive things everywhere. Yes, I think that's a, a great question, and I think it's something that. We all can struggle with, again, especially as women, because we're really hard on ourselves. But I think that is incredible that your daughter 
said that to you, yeah. right? So, I mean, from the mouths of babes, they're right? so honest and they have a way of checking us. And so it sounds to me like your daughter in that moment was checking you. Mm-hmm. And so now she created that awareness and now you have the awareness and um, and you using your microphone to talk about it will help other women, whether they have daughters or not, um, to start saying like, I am... And use positive words rather than negative words. And I think those labels are often put on us when we're really young somewhere along the way. For me, it was always, oh, perfect little Andrea, right? I always, (laughs) my clothes were perfect and I was neat and I was like quiet when I needed to be and I spoke well and I addressed people properly. Like I was perfect. Well, that's the worst thing that you can say, especially to somebody who's a perfectionist. Like it's impossible to be perfect. And so it's something I've my whole life really fought against or like tried to be. And I'm just just going to set myself up for failure. Just like I'm sitting across from you. You're gorgeous and beautiful (laughs) and have an amazing body. And I mean that like in every way, right? Like it is working for you. And so you're not fat. (laughs) Right. And and I know that. I feel terrible when I say this Mm -hmm. out loud. I'm just sharing because I'm being honest. I don't know what makes me in the moment in my bedroom when I'm trying on my jeans that I blurt that out sometimes. And I now that I hear heard my daughter say that to me mm-hmm. it was a check me moment just like you said like why do I do things like that yeah it, it's like very flippant and if I think about it I don't really mean it yes but those words have such a rippling effect on the people around me like my daughter words have a lot of power so something and I had put this on my Instagram page something that I'm doing that I thought maybe other people would enjoy doing is that you know the, the big thing this year seems to be like what's the word of the year like oh, yeah. what's your word going to be right and so i had i thought about that and then i went kind of overachieving with the words right so i have like <laughs> my, my word which was more of a phrase inner peace i thought just anything mm-hmm. that's going to bring me inner peace and so i made a list of more words i made a list of all together of now 11 words cuz we're into january and so follow me on this little technique. I took out 11 pieces of paper and on one of them I was going to write inner peace because it's my word of the year. And on the other 10, I'm writing other words that speak to me. And so some were love. One was love. One was friendship. One was financial responsibility. One was adventure. Um, I, I can't think of all of them. One was giving. I mean, so there are a bunch of other words that just kind of spoke to me. Yeah. And I thought I'm going to write on each of these pieces of paper what can I do? Like, what does inner peace mean to me? What can I do to bring myself inner peace? What can mm. I say to myself to bring myself inner peace? What are habits I can adopt? What are things that have worked for me? So that's my inner peace sheet, right? And then on my financial responsibility, what are things I can do to be resp- financially responsible that will bring me inner peace, right? So everything would go back to inner peace. And then take those, what you'll end up having at this point will be 11 sheets of paper, fold them, write February on one, March on another, write every day of the year for the rest of the year. And then on February 1st, you open up a sheet and it'll say adventure. And you'll read like, what can I do to be more adventurous, to bring more of whatever your word is, right? So make it your word and have it all tie back. So at the beginning of every month, you're checking yourself 
on whatever your word is. Like that's something that you chose because you feel like it will better yourself. Yes. So I think that could be a really cool exercise for us all to do because we can have our word of the year and we can say it on January 1st and come April 12th, we've already gotten out of our habit. But by checking ourselves at the beginning every of every month and kind of mixing it up a little bit, yeah. um, that then throughout that whole month, it's sort of your reference point to say, like, what can I so make sure I much? Keep- so, so my word is hope. Oh, great! That's a beautiful word. So each month, I would I would write down words that go along with hope. Yeah, you would take out one sheet of paper. So I would tell you in an exercise on one sheet of paper, write hope at the top, and then on that sheet, write what are things that bring you hope. When do mm. you feel most hopeful? Uh, just everything that you think of, like just a stream of consciousness, what surrounds the word hope for you? Okay. Like how how can you practice the word hope, right? Yeah. And fold that up and then take out another piece of paper and come up with another word, like just something that speaks to you. And like it, I think I, I was listening to the podcast that you did with Natalie Herbick, who I love too, <laughs> and you mentioned something about friendships, right? Like yeah. you wanted to focus more on friendships. So maybe – one of your other words is friendship. And then you think, like, what can I do to feed my friendships? And how can that tie into my word hope, too? So, I love And this. then fold that up and you open that on whatever you end up dating it. But it's each piece of paper. So right now, since we're in January, we're not doing a January month. We will have 11 pieces of paper and we'll check ourselves at the first of every month. Oh, my gosh. This is such a good exercise because last year I had a word. And I just thought of it throughout the year, but this is such a good way to apply it and really focus. Oh yes. my gosh, I'm doing this. Yeah. This is so cool. I love it. Um, I see. This is why I wanted to talk to you. You have so many good thoughts, and yeah. you actually um, just did a TED talk. I wanted uh, to say last year, but maybe it's been two years because 2020 is a blur. Was it in 2019? It's such a blur. I had to think to myself when I was doing it. It was two thousand November of 2019. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that had to be pretty amazing. Mm, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Were you nervous? I I would be a ball of anxiety leading a, up to that. It's kind of a loaded question. And the reason I hesitate is because I immediately want to say, think to say yes, because it's something I wanted so badly. And I had been trying to do some TED Talks. I had applied for a few of them and I wasn't chosen. And then I was for a TED Talk that happened in Cleveland on the campus of Case Western Reserve University. And I was really – I had been struggling with what my topic was going to be. But I'm like, I am going to get a TED Talk. Like, this is going to happen. I am determined to do a TED Talk. Uh, But I think the reason that hadn't happened for me until this point was because I did not have the right message and I didn't have the right topic. Like, sure, I could have gotten on stage and given a great talk, but I needed to do something that was going to really – change somebody's life for the better and the topic of my TED talk came and I'm I I don't want to speak for everybody but I have a feeling that a lot of us have been in a position like this in some form or another I was walking uh, the neighborhood where I grew up and while I was on my walk and I'm like getting my groove on, right? I don't remember whatever I was listening to. <laughs> I probably was like 
you know, walking on sunshine, right? I'm like having a really... <laughs> That's the number one feel-good song. <laughs> having a good day. I'm in my own thoughts. And I saw a neighbor probably about 50 feet ahead. And I froze mid-step. This neighbor, who was someone I'd known my whole life, had lost his 35-year-old son. Mm. His 35-year-old son was a part of our play group. I mean, I grew up in a neighborhood where all the kids played together. We were a really diverse group, um, but it didn't matter what your age was. We were all kind of a unit, right? We were just like, we were a squad, (laughs) like our original squad in life. Um, And while I had dropped a note in the mail to the boy's parents after his passing, I had not gone to see them in person, so had not looked them in the eye to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have been in that place where you don't know what to say when someone goes through a, a loss, especially the loss of a child. And so I'm having this conversation with myself as I'm walking, and I thought, well, he didn't see you yet. So you could just cross the street right now. Like, you could just avoid the conversation altogether. He'll never even know. But, you know, I had done all this work on myself, this whole bounce back. And part of that is is working to be a good person. I thought that's not the right thing to do. Yeah. The right thing to do, the brave thing to do, is to keep walking forward and to look this man in the eye and tell him how sorry you are. And if that means cry with him, then you cry with him. If that means hug him, then you hug him. But whatever it is, you have to have this moment of human connection. And so I did keep walking forward. And we did share that moment on the street where, you know, we did, we cried. And he told me that a lot of people don't come up to him. They knew, like they knew he lost his son. Mm. He said, and nobody says anything to me. And he said, and I know it's awkward and I know it's uncomfortable. And I know people don't know what to say, but I lost my son and they don't have to be afraid of me. Yeah. Because I think often in that moment we're afraid. We're afraid because we want to say the right thing and we don't know what to say. And we think just saying I'm sorry isn't enough. But sometimes Really, every time, it's not about having the right thing to say. It's just about showing up. It's just about being present. Mm. And so from that exchange, I knew that I needed to talk about the power of human connection through uncomfortable conversations. And there are lots of uncomfortable conversations that can be had, whether it's um, the death of a child or finding out that your neighbor has breast cancer and mm. she only has months to live. Mm. Um, or maybe it's a child who feels like they don't belong and they're having suicidal thoughts. Like these are things that we sometimes have to walk into. Um, There may be conversations where we think like I'm just not armed with the right thing to say or I don't agree with the life choices that they're making. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we all have a beating heart. That's what makes us the same. Right. We can look different Mm -hmm. and we can live in different places or have different lifestyles or make different choices. But at the end of the day, we all have a beating heart 
And that's what connects us. And so if we can walk into these uncomfortable conversations to forge human connection, we can really change someone's life in that moment for the better just by showing up. And so that became the focus of my TED Talk. And so when you asked me if I was nervous, I think I walked up into that stage and I knew I had an important message to deliver. And so it was really divine intervention. I remember mm. like anytime I'm going to talk, I always say, God, just give me the right words. Yeah. Just just make sure that whatever I say is the message that somebody needed to hear. And so I remember going into the bathroom at this hall or where I was speaking, and that's what I said. I just I looked in the mirror, you know, and I said, "God, please just give me the right words." And so I walked up on the stage, and you're very rehearsed with a TED talk. I mean, it's been written out, it's been practiced, so like almost down to the word. Um, which I tend to not really like because I don't like to be scripted. Nothing yeah. I've ever done has been scripted from, I mean, my podcasts haven't been scripted. My television show wasn't scripted. I really like to just do what you and I are doing right now, very free yeah. form. Um, and so with the TED Talk, I truly believe that was divine intervention, what happened for me on stage. I think that was just a message from above and God was just working through me to have those words and that idea delivered. And so it was a really powerful experience. That's so powerful. And it's powerful from both ends because I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I've been that person that's wanted to say something to someone and I don't know what to say. I was you before and maybe I should just walk the other way because I'm going to say something stupid or yeah. I'm not going to know what to say and I'm going to fumble and I'm probably going to say something that might hurt them more because I, I just don't know. I'm always I'm very fearful sometimes of I'm going to do the wrong thing instead of just going in like you're saying and just hold their hand, you know, talk to them, that human connectedness. And I've been on the other side, too. I've been that person seeking. I lost, you know this, I've shared with you before that I lost my first um, child right after birth. She only lived about 20 minutes. And then I, I had help syndrome, which is like a rare form of toxemia. I was in the hospital 10 days after that. I almost died. It was a very, very traumatic experience for me. And I wanted to talk about it afterward. Mm -hmm. And nobody else did. Like I, it was like I, I could feel everyone tiptoeing around me. And I think ultimately I've never really healed from that experience. Yeah. I'm learning now I'm actually going to um, do some therapy because I think it's a, a deep wound in me. Um, just like if you your friend that you ran into who lost a child, if you don't really talk about that and work through those traumatic experiences, it can eat at you. Yes. And in, in talking through and having that human connectedness like you're talking about is vital for both both sides. Yes. I really see that as you're talking. And you can watch, I know, you can watch the whole TED Talk on YouTube. You can, yeah. If you just Google my name, and, but you could just Google Andrea Vecchio TED Talk. Mm -hmm. um, the TED Talk is called, this is, I know it feels like a long title, but The Power of Human Connection through uncomfortable conversations or like an easy way. And I'm not saying this because I'm like, go to my website, like, but it is, I did put it on my website. Oh, yeah. So oh, if good. you went to AndreaVecchio.com, 
it's you'll see it right away. It just pops up right away. And I believe so strongly in the message of it. And I feel like, you know, after the talk, I had people come up to me and say, you know what? I need to go back. Like there are some conversations I need to have with people. I I missed something, but it's mm-hmm. okay. Like if there's anybody out there right now who's thinking like, oh, I should have had that conversation, but that was like three years ago or right. five years ago. There's never a time that's too late. No. Because we can always, I think as human beings, we love it. Just be, if we can just be honest, you could just call the person up and say, I've been thinking about you. I feel like I should have made this call three years ago, and I'm sorry. And I've had to do that, mm-hmm. where I just I made a mistake with somebody, and yeah. time passed with some, with one. It was somebody who meant so much to me, such a close friend, and it was over a decade. And I realized I needed to say I was sorry, like yeah. I was wrong. And so I think there's so much healing that can happen on both sides because, Sarah, as you were talking about, when we go through some kind of trauma or some kind of a pain, if we don't talk about it or release Mm -hmm. it, it just gets tucked away. Like usually somewhere in our gut, it gets stuck and then it just bleeds throughout our whole body and into other areas of our lives. It's so true. It's so true. So I'm glad you're having and sparking those conversations um, to do that. It's it's just been great. So to end things, I always ask um, three things that you're thankful for. This is something new I'm doing this year because gratitude is something that I'm really starting, trying to get really good at and, grat- and thinking about three things each day that I'm grateful for. So what would you be grateful or thankful for. I love this. I think this is an amazing (laughs) practice. I do this every day to say three things I'm grateful for and really try to make them different. I mean, because the obvious things are I'll always say health, family, and God, the universe, Mother Nature, right? I'm so grateful for that. That's a constant in my life. But just to kind of like mix it up, just because here we are on any given day, I'm going to say that I'm so grateful that you asked me to be here so that we could connect and have this conversation that hopefully will, you know, have a ripple effect and on somebody else out there who's listening. Um, I'm going to say that I'm, I was kind of, Speeding. I was speeding when I got here, so I'm grateful I got here in one piece. <laughs> and no ticket. <laughs> and no ticket. Um, and I have, you know, beautiful love in my life who I think is going, he's going to be coming over later for dinner. So I'm just grateful that I get to have that time with him. So, so those will special. be the things, my things for today. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, Andrea, how can everyone connect with you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, pretty much like it, it's so easy now, right, to connect with people because we're everywhere. But yes. uh, I'm on Instagram. Just uh, I'm Andrea M. as in Mary Vecchio because okay. apparently there was another Andrea Vecchio. Oh, you had a, yeah. <laughs> so I had to throw that middle initial in there um, on Facebook, on Twitter. If you just search my name, you'll and find me. And then you me. have a website where they can get the resources. You have yes. you, you've actually done a lot of different talks and you know yes. have lots of different videos. So you can see those all, I'm sure, on your website. Yeah, that would be a great uh, – that's the perfect place, actually. Just go to my website, andreavecchio.com. That's perfect. Do you have a TikTok, by the way? I do, but I don't. I feel like really... you'd be really good at TikTok, like giving like I I just got a TikTok yesterday. You did? How's it going? I was so anti TikTok. <laughs> yeah, believe me, for the longest time. And Len has one, and he's got me so like 
you got to get a TikTok. You got to get it's not the same as social media. And it's now that I have it, it's not. It's not to me. But I feel like you could have these like great little motivational TikToks. Like that's maybe that's what I should do. I have a TikTok. <laughs> I got TikTok when it was called Musically. So oh, it it's used to be old music. It's the old musically. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. And so I got it only because my nieces told me to do it. Yes. And so that's just kind of like when you would lip sync lip yes. songs. So there actually are a couple of me lip syncing. And then I didn't do anything with it except pretty much just cyber stalk my nieces and nephew <laughs> on it because I just would get such a kick out of watching their little videos yeah. and what happens when they put a camera on them and like <laughs> whether so they hilarious. were like messy or perfect I just am like they're so cute so that's what I've used it for um but I haven't I been know. very active on it I, I just got it yesterday like I said and I was like oh yeah now I see why you like TikTok it's like very creative too these people are like so creative. I'm like, I can't oh my believe. And a lot of more kids too. Yeah. Like, it's a little I, intimidating. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this TikTok thing, y'all. But it wasn't here. Here's the thing it wasn't what I expected. I have this like, and there's some bad stuff on it. So you, I would not, my kids don't have, I mean, my 10 yeah. year old doesn't have a TikTok because there is some really bad stuff you got to be careful of. But for my creative brain, and like a lot of people go there for inspiration, I'm like, I thought of you last night as I was watching. I'm like, she needs to do a little TikTok motivations. You would be awesome. I know. <laughs> a lot of the marketing minds that I listen to, oh, they've been very pro TikTok for a long time. I think also this past year in 2020, there were, I found a lot of gifts in the year too, despite some of the struggles. And a part of it was to just, I really want to be more present So it's hard with the work that we do because social media is a great way for us to connect with people. And, you know, of course, I love human connection. I like to talk about it. But um, I also think that it can take me away from being present with my family and my loved ones. So I'm trying to have this healthy balance. definitely a balance. Mm -hmm. Like give yourself a – I'm like I just need to give myself a little bit of time. Because, you know, when we work in this field, you have to – and it, it, even as a parent, I want to know what's going on. Yes. So I feel like I, I have to know how TikTok works. I have to know how this works. I mean, not that my kids even have it yet. My daughter has it yet. But I feel like I got to be in the know because I'll get FOMO if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's all a good balance. Andrea, it's been such a blessing to have you here um, today. And we'll link all your information in show notes as well. Oh, thank you, Sarah. This has been a blessing for me, too. You're wonderful. Hope that was encouraging to you. Hope you enjoyed it. Would love you to check out some of the previous podcasts with some of the amazing guests that have joined me. And if you love the podcast, if you would do me a huge favor and subscribe and give that five-star rating, that would be awesome wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time.